Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. The Macca's, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Macca's today. Ah, yes, indeed. A very big good evening and welcome to you. I hope you've had a cracking day and uh, it's been as good as it possibly can be. However you've been putting it in, where have you been putting it in? Wonderful to have you on board with the Macca's Run, all for the My Macca's Rewards, which has arrived, by the way. Earn rewards with every Macca's Run or divide the My Macca's app and start earning today. Great to have your company, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us around the SEN network. Uh, this show is all about catching you up on everything that's been making news across the last 24 hours, seeing if we can expand on it a little bit and getting your say on the news of the day. You can do that on the Harcourt's open line, one 736 736 the number to call. Your move, your Harcourts. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourts. Or you can text if you're not able to call 0433981116, the temper text line. Temper, a mattress like no other. Uh, plenty happening and plenty to talk about. And happy for you to take us wherever you'd like to go with your say on the news of the day. Uh, obviously, the, the, the biggest story... Um, from a news point of view, has been uh, the Heredia, Lumumba and Collingwood situation it is, as it continues to roll on and, and um, expand and evolve. Uh, Heredia, Lumumba was on ABC TV yesterday uh, after his series of tweets, which Nathan Buckley responded to uh, yesterday uh, over the course of the day. This is what he had to say this morning uh, on ABC News. Well, as I mentioned in the tweets, uh, I've been preserving my legal interests for the last decade when it comes to my interactions with the Collingwood Football Club. I had to do that because I saw the dishonesty firsthand and, you know, I have not released the full versions because it would be countless hours. And what I would say to Nathan Buckley is that this is not a football match. You know, I stopped taking orders from Nathan Buckley a very long time ago. So I will share my truth as I see fit. Uh, okay, so you, you, you're you saying you have hours more conversations that you've taped with Nathan Buckley? I can say that for the last decade of my interactions that I've had within the AFL system, that I've protected my legal rights because of the experiences that I've gone through. So, yes, there is a lot that includes conversations that I've had with Nathan Buckley, and there is a lot that includes conversations with other people. And I can tell you, upon reviewing those conversations, it really does confirm what I've been saying all along, what really the Do Better report has revealed, and beyond that, what people within the AFL have revealed about the AFL institution as a whole. So Heredi Lumumba on ABC television earlier this morning after his series of 10 tweets yesterday, two of which contained snippets of uh, what he says are much more expansive audio recordings. Nathan Buckley invited him to share them in their totality so as to provide context and highlight the support that was offered. Um, and that's already a turning down uh, that invitation from Nathan Buckley to do so. Uh, Justin Quill, um, a sports lawyer extraordinaire, uh, was on with Gary and Tim earlier on today to speak about the legality of those recordings being tweeted by Heredia. 
there's two points here. First point is you are entitled to record it. You can record it secretly without anyone else in the room knowing right. because you're a party to it. So it was, it's okay to record. Most people wouldn't, uh, wouldn't actually know that. The second, the second point, though, is in relation to publishing it, uh, there are restrictions on then publishing it without consent. But I think in this case, uh, the, the, the publishing is probably okay because one, there's a public interest argument here. Uh, two, there's a, a, a protection of lawful interests is another defence. So um, Lumba can say, look, I, I was protecting my lawful interests. Um, third thing is um, uh, that there might even be a consent here. Nathan's uh, tweet last night saying, put it all out there, might actually be consent. And then for Oumba, um, uh, he's over in LA, so probably the legislation doesn't even capture him. And, and then, of course, for the media here, they've got all those reasons. Plus, once it's made public, once it's put in the public domain uh, via Twitter, it's, uh, it's sort of fair game in some respects. So Justin Quill, um, sports law expert and sports lawyer extraordinaire, speaking to Gary and Tim earlier on this morning. Tim Watson uh, had a suggestion on how this issue could be resolved. Why wouldn't Collingwood then say, okay, well, you've got a reasonable point there. We'll bring in five people and oh, we will do sense. this uh, with five people from outside our football club and they will conduct the mediation. I don't know the answer. Because I think, I think, you know, I, I would think Collingwood want to reach at some point some resolution and satisfy whatever it is that Heredia, Lumumba and the other two players are requiring. So Tim Watson's idea, and it's a good one, um, Heredia has said that he doesn't trust uh, the, the the legal uh, representation uh, of the Collingwood Football Club, and that's Tim's idea about how to get this moving forward. Just on that and what happens from here, haven't been able to find the audio of this, but uh, there is a story on the Herald Sun where they are quoting extracts from an interview that Heredia did later on uh, today uh, with ABC Radio, where um, he is quoted in this as saying that the releasing of those tweets and recordings closed the chapter on his feud and was asked whether he could now let go of the issue. And I'm quoting this directly from the Herald Sun uh, and, and their coverage of that interview. He said, I already have. He said he didn't want to carry these truths into the next phase of his life. So if we're reading into that, it would seem now that that might be all. Don't quote me on that. that that's coming from the article. We're still trying to find the audio of it, but it would seem now that that's the according to the quotes from this interview, which I haven't been able to hear myself. I'm just going off the, the Herald Sun website story of covering that interview with ABC Radio, which happened later today after the ABC TV interview. He's saying that he didn't want to carry these truths into the next phase of his life and that um, when asked if he could let go of the issue, says I already have and that that close the chapter. We will wait and see. Uh, Craig McRae spoke to media today um, in a press conference and he responded um, to, to Heredia Lumumba's uh, accusations. Well, I, can't, I can't speak for him. I, I, all, I, all I'll say is that we're really, really conscious of, of um, making our environment safe and you know, we're really working hard to have a diverse environment within their four walls and you know, anyone that comes in right now, we just want to make sure that, that people feel that way. I, I haven't read it all, so I'll be, I'll be really um, making comments about things I don't know the full detail of. Um, you know, look, I'm, my experiences may be, may be different to his, um, but to be honest, I, I, I've got back to this club and I'm really proud to be in this position to try to, to make change. And the whole club has is, is made significant change in, in, in the time that I've been here, but also prior to me. So, 
yeah, we're really concentrating to make this this place the best it can possibly be. No, we 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 we're constant all the time trying to try and improve ourselves. We we had a, a session last week, education around truth telling and all these, these things are taking place. So uh, we're not standing still. No, we're we're trying to get better and not just on on the field, off the field as well. Craig McCrae his weekly press conference today. I uh, spoke to some footy issues as well, um, which I will play a little bit later on in the show as we just wrap up uh, those events of the day in terms of the Heredi Lumumba story. Um, before we get to the, the other big story that's been kicking around today, and, and that's Dave Noble having addressed a media in his weekly press conference. Been an interesting last couple of days for Dave Noble after John Ralph's story regarding an apology a couple of days after the round three post-match address from the heavy loss to the Brisbane Lions um, that David Noble felt compelled to make. And there's been some fallout from that, a lot of discussion in and around it. I spoke about my view on it last night as well, but we'll hear from Dave Noble in just a moment. A fascinating conversation that Bob... Uh, I've done it again that Andy and Gazy, sorry, Gazy, love you, um, that Andy and Gazy had earlier on today. I don't know if you heard it, but it was off the back of an article that Matty Stokes, a former Geelong Premiership player, has written in The Age about what a team in the Northern Territory might do as the competition's 20th team, what it might mean to the area, what it might mean to the game. I, I thought it was a fantastic chat. I went and read the article, and uh, the intrepid Willem, who's producing the show, thought, well, why don't we just see if Matty Stokes can come on? and tell us all about it. Matty Stokes has agreed, so he will be on at 6.30 uh, to talk about that. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. at the number, of course, to have your say on the news of the day on the Harcourts open line. You'll move your Harcourts. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourts, or you can text in 0433981116 on the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. Um, to, to Dave Noble, uh, jumped up in front of uh, the media today and uh, spoke uh, and addressed um, the spray. Um, and how it came about that he felt he needed to apologise. So that, that's the vulnerability that we want to create. Vulnerability is good in leadership, and we're asking our players to be vulnerable as well, and for us to display that, I think, is, is a great indication that we're comfortable enough to do that collectively. Did you apologise off your own bat, or yep. does it suggest you? No, 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 off my own bat. I'm, I can reflect and, and understand. I think I'm self-aware enough to, to read... Um, you know, those situations. So, yeah, no, it was just off my own bat. Well, it's five weeks ago, Riley. Like, we've seriously moved on. Um, yeah, the, uh, the sentiment's been really good. We went to work on what we learnt from Frio, um, the good areas of our game and the, the constant growth that we're trying to put together. So that, that's been the sentiment for us. I think it's, it's more the time from Mick and Frosty and um, Sonia and BA that generally have to you know, go to work on some of that external noise. Yeah, that's my, that was my reflection piece. I mean, I, I, we can't ask the players to have a learning environment if we're not going to be up for that ourselves. So um, the intention was correct. You know, I, I believe that there is still a place, you know, for being direct and firm with your playing group. Um, just, yeah, the time and the delivery was probably not the right time. You know, we're all get emotional at that point in time. Um, thought I had a really good day in the box. We were really methodical in how we coached. And then, you know, it just, yeah, it just got the better of me at the end of the day. And I've got to be better than that. Look, we're really clear. We're really united on where we're going. So I understand the sentiment. I've been around, you know, long enough to know it. But um, the, probably only the disappointing, I think, thing was just that it's come out. You know, the, the confidentiality is, is a piece that's it's not great. Um, but, look, it's a great lesson for us to learn from a playing group to move forward as a, as a club. 
Yeah, and, and it would be disappointing. And that's Dave Noble there speaking about the spray, what led to him wanting to apologise, how the apology came about, uh, and saying that, yeah, it was five weeks ago and we've moved on significantly since then. It would be disappointing that got out. Made the point yesterday that at footy clubs or any sporting organisation, these things only get out when somebody really wants them to. So you don't don't shoot the messenger. You don't have a go at the John Ralph or, or Sam Edmund or these guys. They're, uh, you know, they are as good as it gets when it comes to that space. Um, their process is impeccable. The way they do their work uh, is beyond reproach. So I don't doubt that they have people coming to them and saying the things that, that they're saying, but then it's why. So why is that being said and what does that person hope to gain by it? Well, that's... I'll let you draw your own conclusion, but this stuff only gets out in footy club. It doesn't. It doesn't just slip out. The leak I said yesterday. The leaks. The, the word leak is the most misleading thing. Almost one of the most misleading phrases that we have in our industry, because a leak, a boat leaks when you might not be able to see a crack. These things are voluntarily. This is like somebody actually taking a bucket, dragging it alongside the boat, and tipping water in. This is a voluntary action. It's, it's not a slip fell over and it just happened to pop out of my mouth. This is someone who has an agenda, who, who, who wants this stuff out. Why? I'll let you draw your own conclusions as well. But that's what would be so disappointing and is always so disappointing to clubs uh, in these situations. Um, Dave Noble also went on to address rumours that the game plan had been simplified or dumbed down or, or changed uh, since uh, that round three address. Yeah, it's it's interesting one. It's that's not correct. I'm not sure where that information's come from, but I haven't had players come to me say we're changing the game plan. So we, we've we've narrowed our focus on some key elements of our game plan. So contested ball, at defence. But I want to be really clear: we haven't changed our game plan, and I haven't had players come to me and say, "Hey, we've got to change our game plan." That is incorrect. We probably don't think it's far away. Um, you know, some of the pieces that we're we're chasing. And look, when you play good teams. They don't give you many outs, you know, our, our turnover. So our, our ability to control the ball for longer periods, I think, would help that. Um, you know, we want to play with some more speed. We want to try and change the angles from time to time. Um, so, look, we're, we're seeing signs. We'd like to see more. Uh, Luke Hodge, always a must-listen. Um, one of the most respected players, leaders, uh, figures uh, as a player now, uh, as a player when, and uh, as a, a media commentator now, his weekly spots with Jared are a must listen. Um, he's weighed in and, and spoken a little bit and given his insights into what might have been happening from a Dave Noble point of view, who he would well know um, when Hodgie got up there to Brisbane uh, to finish out his career. Dave Noble w- was there, of course, before he made the move to North Melbourne. But I think in today's game is you need to build that relationship before you can go and have red-hot cracks at players. And Nobes is only 18 months into this relationship building with a lot of the younger guys. And, and for some, it's been six months. Um, so that's probably another reason why he did apologise because he's probably sat back and realised and thought, hang on, maybe I don't have that bond or that honest bond where if I do tell him off that he knows it's coming from the right place, he's still trying to figure them out. They're still trying to figure him out. Um, and it's taken a good examples, Fags at Brisbane. Um, he's five years, and I'll, after my second year there, he's third year as coach. I'm like, mate, you still got to be, you got to be hard on these fellas because they they know what they're doing. And he was like, nah, it's still about building relationships, making sure that they know that I've got their back if they make mistakes. And I think that's that's what Nobes realised. Um, the fact that he went hard at a younger group. Yes, it's going to water off a duck's back to Zeebs, but for the other younger ones, they're probably sitting back going, the coach doesn't like me. He doesn't like the way I play my second guess of myself and the first thing he did was apologise because he knew he probably went too far 
we've got to the stage where Clarko has punched himself in the head because he said that he gave us the wrong game style. Um, he Clarko is someone who's as competitive as what you see, but as soon as he realises that he made a mistake, he said the wrong thing, um, he went too far, he'll be the first to say it because he expects that from his players. If you give your player feedback and they, rather than give you excuses of ums, buts, uh, he did that, uh, instead you say, look, yeah, I made a mistake, mate, I did the wrong thing, I made the wrong call, made the wrong decision, automatically it's like, okay, we're moved on. You, you've accepted guilty, you've accepted your responsibility and can move on. So I've, I've seen Fags do it, I've seen Clarko do it, um, and there's no surprise that, that Nobes has done it. I, get, I can guarantee you that every coach in the AFL would have at some stage put their hand up and said we either gave the wrong game style, gave the wrong tactic, we gave you the wrong information at that time. Um, but that's just part of being human. Everyone makes mistakes, and that's how you get better. You learn from your mistake. Luke Hodge, uh, reflecting on what might have been happening for Dave Noble, what he might have realised, and maybe the relationship hadn't been built to the point where that was going to be okay. And then the fact that that's something that every coach he's had has had to do at some point uh, or another uh, in various situations and for various reasons. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your say uh, on the news of the day on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts. The Maccas run all for the My Maccas Rewards, which has arrived. Earn rewards with every Maccas run. Matty Stokes, our special guest, just to expand on his article in The Age that uh, Andy and Gazy were speaking about a little earlier today. What uh, a 20th Northern Territory tra- team might look like, what it might be able to do, um, and what it might be able to give to the game. Looking forward to that chat uh, on the Maccas run. The Maccas run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. We can tell you that North Melbourne's prized number one draft pick, Jason Horn Francis, has stepped away from negotiations over a new deal at the club, Jared. Now, he was edging closer to signing a contract extension on the eve of the season that would have tied him to Arden Street for the long term. But we can tell you that the midfield wonder kid and his management have put that deal on hold until the end of the season, given North Melbourne's rocky start to the campaign. That's a question for Jason and, and his manager, Ben Williams, and, and his family, I guess. Um, all we can do is provide the best possible environment for Jason and for other recruits and for other players for that matter. Um, an environment where they're learning and growing and developing and enjoying <laughs> coming to work. And so that's the best we can do. And hopefully we have a bit of success along the way. And uh, we create a great camaraderie and a great bond between the players and with the coaching panel as well. So ultimately that, that's up to Jason. Um, it's not unusual. He's not the only... Um, first round pick that hasn't signed yet um, and like anyone he's you know he's got to make sure that he's had time to sit and think and he'll, he'll make his decision at, I guess at the end of the year. Now in the same week that he's put talks off there's been North Melbourne getting smashed and there's been a story regarding the coach who's gone too hard on the players so it's 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 almost the perfect storm and you're thinking well hang on is, is Jason Horn? this is what you say, is Jason Horn francis not happy with the way the coach is coaching the group? Because that story has coincidentally come out in the same week. I don't know, but he's not out of contract this year. He's out of contract at the end of next year. Mm. So, like, if I was Jason Horn francis I'd be doing exactly the same thing. You... Particularly from Adelaide's point of view, like, they tried, what did they try to give up to get him in the draft? Like, Plenty. As, as 
big an offer in terms of a pick swap in the history of the game. It was essentially sort of their pick, which was early, six-ish, plus another first-round draft pick, and then some sort of pick swaps at the end of it. So two first-round draft picks, including pick six, which was Rochelle, and he's pretty good. So they were prepared to give Rochelle and a first-round pick to get Horn Francis. So so that was Sam Edmund, his story yesterday, starting us off that uh, Jason Horn Francis, his management, had put off talks of the new contract until the end of the year. Uh, ben Amafio, the North Melbourne CEO on Sports Day yesterday, saying there's nothing unusual about it. And Kane Corn saying that if he was Jason Horn Francis, he'd do the exact same thing. And just reflecting on that Adelaide offer pre-draft, which I think was about three first-rounders. It was at least two, possibly three. I'm going to double-check that, and you might be able to tell me off the temper text, temper mattress like no other. Uh, Jono's in sunshine before we uh, hit the break. Jono, hello, mate. How are you, buddy? Just uh, a quick one on the Noble thing. Um, I just want to say that the person that leaks this information out of a football club is the most selfish person in that football club. They... They obviously have an ulterior motive or a dislike for the coach because whether he's gone hard or what, he's trying to build a culture and a, and a team of resilient players to put up, you know, um, to um, be strong and tough. And, and you know what? Sometimes you have to sort of cop it a bit just to, to maybe understand. And God bless him because he's come back and he's apologised of his own accord. But the person that should be embarrassed and ashamed of themselves is the person that's leaked it out to the media because he doesn't have the club's interest at heart. He's the most selfish person in that club. And uh, I think that, um, you know, maybe comes a time where these people should be outed and uh, found out in their clubs because I think it's poor form. Uh, Jono, off the long run, and I do enjoy a long run. As I said before, these things only get out when someone really wants them to. That's the nature of how this stuff works. Uh, Matty Stokes to join us next to talk what an NT team would look like and what it could do. The Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. Uh, welcome back or to the Maccas Run, depending on which category you fit into. Either way, just wonderful to have you on board for the My Maccas Rewards, which has arrived. Earn rewards with every Maccas Run. Uh, the Harcourt's open line is exactly that. It is open, one 736 736 uh, to call. I was uh, enjoying, as I always do, uh, before I head on air, listening to Andy and Gazy discuss an article that was written uh, in The Age uh, this week, and the title uh, of which is... Why it's time to get serious about an AFL team in the Northern Territory. The uh, the writer of that article is a, a two-time premiership player with the Geelong Footy Club. Uh, he's a proud Larrakia man, the traditional owners of Darwin. He came via Darwin, then through South Australia, and then into the AFL, where he had uh, a phenomenal career with the Cats. It's a wonderful read. It's a, it's a fascinating read. And as we talk about when and maybe not if Tassie are going to get a team, the next conversation is... Well, what about the NT? What about a 20-team competition? It's a fascinating part of the world, the Northern Territory. I've got mates that have gone up to live there for a little while, and they've stayed a long while because they love it. Uh, it, it is one of the most unique parts of Australia. And how would an AFL team fit there? And then what it would give back uh, to the game, I think, is a great conversation. So Matty Stokes has been good enough to jump on to have it. Matty, hello. Hey, mate, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for jumping on. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Love the read. And I thought, why don't we follow this conversation exactly how you've put this in the article? I love that you've said, look, 
there's two arguments here. There's an emotional argument for you, and then there's a business argument. Why don't we start with the emotional? Talk us through the emotional argument for, from your position on why it's time to get serious about an NT team. Well, I think um, the AFL and the industry itself has always been, you know, driven by a lot of the times money and, you know, what, you know, what, how we can improve to bring more revenue into the game so it can be spread across all facets of, facets of the game. And for me, there's a social um, benefit of this and, and a, a social responsibility um, to be able to give dreams to boys and girls across the country an opportunity to live without. And I think sometimes for me, um, growing up in Darwin and seeing, you know, players who are a lot more talented than I ever was, sort of not be able to reach um, the AFL because, one, you know, sometimes it's to do with, you know, the person and, and who they are and um, their makeup, but also, too, sometimes it's they give up because the dream's too far away. And I think the, the part of me of this article was to say that if the dream was visible and you could touch it, the amount of growth that we could bring not only to, um, you know, the AFL, but AFLW, but also to bringing other people's, um, you know, thoughts and uh, visions on the game and what that means to them into the industry itself. And I think, um, I think that's a, a pretty compelling argument. Uh, how, just off the top of your head, it's a hard question to answer and, and, and you can never know everybody's situations, of course, no matter what town you grow up in. But And I love how you've written your greatest ever team of NT players. So how many, for all the Burgoynes or Riolis or, or Longs or, or, or Buckleys um, or Stokeses or, or, or Motlops that we've had, how many have we missed? A lot, a lot. And I think um, I think that's probably that's probably one of my biggest arguments in, in writing this. And I, I am biased. You know, I've listened to... Richo talk about Tassie. I listen to Jack Rebold and I, I hear the passion in what they talk because Tasmanians do feel that. And I'm as a Territorian, um, we're a different breed as well. Um, and, you know, I'm really passionate about this, but I'm more passionate about the opportunities that we've lost along that way. And, mm. um, you know, you think about some of the guys in our game who don't really like the limelight of footy. And you look at Buddy Franklin, Dusty Martin, you know, these types of players, would a, a different type of lifestyle um, be able be enough to be able to get the players that, of that caliber to a, away from the you know the, the footy centric minded people of Melbourne and, and and South Australia and obviously with Buddy and City having a pretty good life there. But yeah, I think I think there's been a lot of players missed all over the times. And I think if you spoke to any Aboriginal, or if you spoke to any Territorian um, about the journey, you know I could you know rattle. 10 names off growing up that were a lot more talented than I was, but probably wasn't given the opportunity or probably didn't, yeah, move away to, to, to you know, push for their, their dreams and make it a reality. So I, I do think there would have been a hell of a lot. I mean, even even if you just look at the Riolis um, and the Stokeses up in, in, the, in the Territory, there's been a massive, there could have been massive, there could have been a lot more of those um, types of names running around the AFL. Yeah, now that, that's fascinating. So what... If we, as we continue the emotional argument, I love that you've mentioned AFLW because, and I'll get to that in in just a moment about what it could do and 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 what it could provide in that space as well in Darwin. But what do you think it does to to the city and to the territory? What would it do in your mind? From and we'll get to the business side in just a minute. But what would it do from a community standpoint? I think we've been and, and exactly like the Taddy argument 
something that's their own. Um, mm. You know, Melbourne, you know, get paid an X amount of money to play in Alice Springs and Darwin um, with deals with the government. But to have something to call their own, and I still remember fondly playing, um, you know, with the NT Buffaloes. Um, and we played Port Powell when they first came into the league. And I played with Nakai's dad and Brendan Parford's dad in that rep team. And I was 15 years of age. And to play against, you know, Matty Primus and um, Josh Franku, um, I still remember Roger James was one of my favourite players growing yeah. up. And playing against them was incredible to, to be able to have that experience. So the, 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 the dream to be able to have and see it and, like I said, feel it um, would, would grow not only football but also to the town itself. Um, we have so many communities on the outskirts of Darwin through to Alice Springs who our kids idolise footballers. You know, I've taken Joel Selden and, and, and Tom Hawkins up to East Arnhem Land and, and gone through that. And, yeah. you know, they don't even know Joel Selden's name. They just call him number 14 <laughs> um, because of the passion that they have. Love it. Um, and, you know, and that's the, that, and for me, that's the biggest part of this argument. It's like, um, we constantly talk about our social, you know, responsibility as a game to make sure that we um, cater for everyone. Mm. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing about our sports is that anyone can play this male, female, or whatever your size, you know, whether you're me, you know, very small, or you've got Brad Ollins, who I live with and talk about in the article. Um, there's an element of being able to give the opportunity out there for everyone. And I think it's probably one of the things we're missing. You know, the Kimberleys is probably, you know, close to Darwin in the sense of... Um, you know, the distance. So that would then liven that place up and the amount of talent that's in that place in Broome and uh, Weeper and all these places, it, it's incredible. So, um, you know, we talk about the NGA at the, you know, the AFL level and mm. the investment that we've put into that. You know, this would be another investment, but it's also too, it's a footy-centric, it's a, it's a footy state yeah. um, or territory um, and they're footy mad. Um, and from an AFLW point of view, how big would that be um, at, at, a, at a grassroots community level? As again, if, if you can see it, you can be it. And, and it's one thing to see it on television, but to see it in, at your doorstep for young uh, women and girls in, in, in the NT, what does that look like and what does that mean? Well, I think it's, it's exactly the same argument as the men. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, our, the girls up there, um, I've seen girls in the Territory kick a drop punt better than some of the guys I played footy with at the AFL level. So the skill <laughs> Go on, name names. No, in... <laughs> I won't. I've got, I'm going out for dinner with a few of them. So, Fair enough. Um, you know, the, the, the skill level there is incredible. And, and you know, the AFLW takes time. You know, the mm. AFL standard of what the men's at is, you know, what is it, 160 years old. Yeah. Um, so it's going to take time, but... The excitement of, of the game sometimes is something where I watch and go, you know, imagine a couple of Aboriginal people just going bang and, and, and taking out the centre and running forward or, mm. you know, running up to a loose ball get and, and being able to snap them. And, and the excitement factor of the game, I think something that's what the AFLW probably needs is some excitement in the, in the league and, and being able to bring players who are completely unique. And that's where the Territory and, and the Aboriginal communities could be able to um, help the AFLW benefit, but also to being able... I've got three sisters and, you know... Um, all three of them could kick the footy, um, mm. and, and one in particular. And, and what would have she done with her life if she had a, a goal to be able to play AFL footy? It's, um, you know, those are the stories and, and um, 
uh, there's the opportunity that you can create yeah. um, by putting a team up there. So, Matty Stokes, what's, what about the business argument? Because this is, this is a dollars and cents, multi-billion dollar industry. So the first things that come up is, is there the corporate backing to pay it? What about the stadium? How much does the government or the, the territory government need to put in? Uh, the business argument. Mount that case for us. Well, the, the business argument is, is um, interesting because I'm, I'm not too sure where people don't think there's money up in the Territory. They've got mines, they've got the Defence Force, what I spoke about in the, um, mm. in the article. Um, the government backing would be through the roof because of the opportunities and the social impact that you could have. Um, and there's also, too, you know, we've had impacts up there for the last you know, 20 years and, and that's been, uh, been amazing for you know, job opportunities and security for Territorians, particularly in the Darwin region. Um, the mines that are, you know, activated up there at the moment with BHB and Rio Tinto, um, you know, I think there's about nine active mines. And I think over the next probably three or four years, I think that that, that mine number goes from about nine to about 83. So the, the, the money and um, uh, the revenue that would be coming through those mines would be huge. And they'd all be looking for something to be able to sponsor locally, to be able to get their branding out there even more. Um, so there is an argument. I, I wouldn't have thought that there'd be much difference between the money in Tassie than there is in, in, in Darwin. Um, and like I said in the argument, uh, in the article as well, China is only that, you know, I'm not political in any way, shape or form, so I'm not trying to um, chuck China into this, but the, the China market that we try to get into with the AFL is right there and, and, and it's the closer to, to, to Darwin than, than it is to, to Adelaide where they sponsor port. So the opportunity is to be able to, you know, take it, including Cairns and that, you know, the North Queensland um, and Cape York. Um, Alice Springs in itself has, you know, mines all around, um, you know, the outskirts of Alice Springs. So I don't think that's a, a particularly um, uh, dangerous situation when it comes to the finances of, of the game. And I think the social impact, I think there was a, a, a study done into this that the amount of money that could generate for the Territory would be, you know, you know you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, yeah, I think, you're, I think you're, 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 you're quoting that study there that's saying uh, about half a billion uh, dollars in the report uh, from Bastion released midway through last year outlining the realistic business case for a team. The economic benefit to the Territory could be $559 million. And And there has been a task force. In, in, the, in the article you wrote, NT Sports Minister Kate Warden uh, has recently told the ABC a team could tap into sponsors who, who wanted to have that, that social impact as well. So... Um, what about in terms of naysayers, Stokes, before we let you go, these are the arguments that, well, the climate won't work for footy at that time of year because they play their cricket and footy seasons in reverse. Um, no one wants to live there. Uh, those are the things that are going to get thrown up from a naysayer point of view. Knock those on the head for us. Yeah, I think um, no one wants to live there. I think anyone who goes to Territory, like you said about your mate, they get they fall in love with the place. Oh, beautiful, yeah. 30 degrees every day of the, of the week. I mean, yes. I, I hate winter here. Um, <laughs> so you're telling me that players wouldn't want to do that? People want to go to Tassie and play in, you know, minus two degrees. Like, there's, I, I understand the argument of the weather. Um, I do get that. I mean, but we're professional athletes as well. Uh, I was. Um, so you've got to climatise it, whether it's raining, whether it's wet, whether it's under a roof. Um so, you know, that argument, I, I do get that. You know, the Cairns spectacle the other night was pretty bad. Um, but, you you know, maybe you choose that, you know, the certain times of the year. Dry season is the best time of the year um, in Darwin, and that is yeah. June, July. Um, so and, and you so can that, always, you can always put a roof on a stadium, Stokesy. You can always put a exactly roof on right. it. Okay. I think the, 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 um, the cost of an actual uh, a boutique uh, stadium is there, it's got to about $380 you know, million dollars. 
you know, surely the AFL can chuck another hundred million, put a roof on there, and make sure that uh, the stands a little bit better. But I think, yeah, no one wants to live there. I, I, I disagree with that notion. I think there's a lot of people who don't actually like living in Melbourne, yeah. and Adelaide, and Perth, who who don't like the atmosphere that footy brings with that. And that's where I went with the argument of you know discussing about the opportunities of living a really beautiful life. I mean, look at Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy Cameron's in the boat every day. Yes. Fishing. Danger, danger as well. He does a fishing show. Imagine how much they'd love doing it up there. Uh, I mean, they're the opportunity that you draw um, of the uniqueness of footy. And I think, for me, footy has become very robotic. You know, our players, the way Mm. we talk to the media, the way they present themselves, Darwin would give a unique um, lens and be able to create an atmosphere where players could actually be players and they could then enjoy their life, um, be professional athletes at the same time, but, yeah, have a uniqueness of living in a territory, which, you know, I, I am biased, but it's a bloody great place to live. And, yeah. and I couldn't have thought of, think of anything better um, than to play footy up there. I think the humbug of um, the tickets might have been um, might have been a bit too much to, to bear of family and friends all asking for tickets all the time. But um, in saying that, I think, yeah, I definitely think it would be a beautiful lifestyle to be able to be a professional athlete up there. Hey, mate, it's been great to chat to you. Thanks so much for coming on and, and just uh, putting a voice to the, a really well-written article. I loved hearing Andy and Gazy discuss it and to have you on to, to talk through us in a little bit more detail is greatly appreciated. Go and enjoy your dinner. Thanks so much, and we'll see how it happens. Uh, just quickly, your timeline, I'm imagining it's not right now, but are you thinking 10, 15? I think 10 or 15 years is really realistic. I, I'm, I'm one of those people who don't believe that our actual talent pool isn't up to another team just yet. But I think with the planning of being able to execute this, I think 10 to 15 years, I think yep. the task force with Peter you know, Jackson in there, who's very experienced when it comes to footy, and someone like a Lewis Martin, who obviously with Channel 7, they understand that this is not an overnight thing. So yep. don't think for one second I'm saying two years' time we're going to have a team there. It, it wouldn't work. We need 10 years, I reckon, minimum, to be able to put this into place and, and, and get the plans right so we can succeed. And in the same time that you can make that, put that date and circle it, you can set up all the academies and the pathways to make sure that's all filtering up in the right way. Hey, go and enjoy your dinner, Stokesy. Thanks so much. Greatly appreciated. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Matthew Stokes, two-time Geelong Premiership player, proud Larrakia man, traditional owners in Darwin, of the land in Darwin, and, and, and a fantastic conversation and insight from the emotional argument and then the business argument that he's thought through. Read that article on there. Uh, it's really well worth it as we look to uh, fix... And, and what a 20th team does to fix the fixturing woes that we're currently experiencing. Hey, uh, we've got to do a My Maccas quiz in about two minutes. So get on there if you think you can nail it in one fell swoop. The My Maccas run quiz is up next and Paul and Campbell will take your call as well. You might have to do both for us. The Maccas run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. On SEN, the Maccas run. Call now on 1300 736 736 for your chance to win. And run, run, run. Uh, Paul and Camberwell, first cab off the rank uh, to get that Marvel Stadium corporate suite double pass. My Maccas rewards has arrived, earn points with every My Maccas coffee run to redeem your favourites. Paul, we've got to rip straight through because we're going to get to game three of the NBL Grand Final Series, which is up next. Which team's assistant coach broke the perfect caretaker coach record this year uh, in round eight? Can you say that one more time? Which was the assistant coach that didn't get a win, the first assistant coach not to get a win that filled in for a COVID protocol? Um, Three, two... uh, Bomb, bomb. Yep. 
Boom, boom, uh, indeed. Uh, thank you, mate. Appreciate you calling through. Uh, Michael in Hawthorne, which assistant coach ruined the run? Hello, is that me? Yes, it is Michael in Hawthorne. Which assistant yeah. coach didn't get yeah. the win? I'm on the helmet. Scott Burns from Adelaide. Uh, unfortunately, well... No, it, he wasn't the first because it was... Yeah, he wasn't the first. Sorry, mate. Oh, jeez, we're not going to get this in time. Uh, Daniel's in Elwood. Daniel, which assistant coach lost for the first time with the fill-ins? Mate, it was Matty Nice. It was Matty you. Nice. Uh, which American city did Formula One racing for the first time on the weekend? Uh, oh, mate, no idea. Let's take a ping. Will Smith with, uh, sang a song about mate. it. Will Smith sang a song about Will Smith it. Sang a song about it. Uh, yeah, that was oh, it. Miami. Yeah, that's it. How many English women's championships in a row has Sam Kerr won with Chelsea? Ooh, I reckon it's huge. So I'm going to say six. It's not six. Oh, God. I don't know how I'm going to fit this in. Hey, uh, Josh in Wallen, how many uh, titles has Sam Kerr won in a row with Chelsea? Uh, I think it's two or three. I think it's two. Uh, you were right with the three. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, and true or false, McCappy Day launched in Australia in 1991. True. Uh, that is true. Stay on the line. We'll get your details. What a shambles of a quiz. We're off to the NBL next. Game three, NBL Grand Final Series.